everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. Today we're covering I Still Know What You Did Last Summer with Dusky Projects. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hello. Thank you for being here. This is yes. this is a movie. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you about it. Yes, I'm excited to have been invited to watch it. I have not thought about this franchise in a very long time, and I still remember when I read the book. I talked about that last episode. It's very different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just, I, it got me to thinking about that whole time of like what was hot then and mm. like where this book falls in, like, you know, because it wasn't R.L. Stein and those were like the heavy hitters. Yes. Like it was, all, or like Christopher Pike. Like these are the, the book series that were like, we doing it, we doing mm-hmm. things. And then I know what you did last summer was kind of an outlier. Mm-hmm. And now, like, these are the movies that are getting remade. And I'm just kind of like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that series. It was a choice. All of those authors are basically all of my tweens. Yeah. I was like, yeah. you know what? I need a break from Uncle Steven. I'm going to read something more age appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I still know you. I still know what you did last summer. It continues our month where Trit chose violence. So we're doing this whole trilogy. I didn't choose this third one, but we ain't there yet. But uh, <laughs> you said you wanted to do them, and there's only I three. love the first two, and then I don't talk about the third. There's a third. There, it, was, it was straight to video. What's it like? like a hell. I still know. I'll, I'll always like, know what you did last summer. I'll always know. <laughs> and none of the none of the cast, like Brandy, doesn't come back. Jalen's no. not in it. Freddie Prince is not in it. Like nobody. No. I'll always know. I've been knowing. I'm gonna keep knowing. That's gonna that's gonna be the new the next like what do they call it? like the screen movie the requel. Yeah. <laughs> I've been knowing. Right. I always know. No. Stay knowing. <laughs> All right, y'all. But before we get too far into the movie, we're gonna get to know uh, Dusky Projects a little bit. So. Number one, we start here with all of our guests. What is your favorite scary movie? Oh, this is so hard because I go through phases. So can I like say like this year? Yeah, totally, totally. I'm like really feeling right now. And then when we have you back, we'll have an update. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah okay, there we go. So this year, the medium that that one out of Thailand that was on oh, Shutter. Yeah. I thought that was the scariest thing I'd seen in a long time. I feel like they took the possession genre and really took it up a notch like they added to the canon and i know the people behind that film also um like are in kind of like a cohort with joko anwar who i really love because i loved in petagor and i've watched like a couple of i've watched gandula gundula and like some of his other stuff so i i follow him on twitter i don't always understand his posts (laughs) (laughs) i don't speak his language, my bad, Joko. So, but I know that like the person who made the medium is his friend. Mm. So they're like, these are like the homies making these particular kinds of of horror movies. And I just thought it was so genuinely scary. Yeah, so yeah, that's my favorite so far in like 2022. Cause that, that just came out. 
Yeah, no. I I know about it because Girl That Scary was like, you need to watch this immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. were right. They know their movies. <laughs> yeah, if they say it, you know it's true. <laughs> yeah, it is so genuine, just like, oh, yeah, I highly recommend it. I want to, you know, it's one of those, it's great. It, it had that that feeling of like the first time you saw the first Blair Witch and you were like, what am I even looking at right now? Right. Like, <laughs> That's what it was where I was like watching it. And I'm like, oh, it's a documentary about like shaman work. I, I didn't know that was. What, and then you figure out like in the middle of it that you're like, I'm watching a narrative film. And oh, my God, it's scary. <laughs> oh, my God, why is she talking to the wall? You like it just like, keeps like layering it on. Yes. Um, awesome. Uh, so tell us, what is your horror origin story? What got you into this insane genre? Yeah. I mean, I want to give a shout out to watching inappropriate films too young, like like many, many more horror folks where they're just like, I saw this when I was four. I don't know why my parents let me see it. <laughs> that in there, too. But I would say mostly it was being very unpopular and spending recess in the library. Mm. At, you know, like the library section of the school back when like schools still had libraries. I don't know if public mm. schools even allow that anymore. But <laughs> sure. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it is something. I'm like, I don't know where to learn. And I'm like, huh? yeah. So back when you were like super unpopular and could spend the, you know, could not, didn't have to like be outside getting picked on. You know, the other teachers would take pity on you and just be like, you can go to the library and just reading everything in there. And these were the books that allowed like the most escapism. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, it's like, there's only me, so many Nancy Drews, and I wasn't a babysitter club chick. So. It was yeah. too pink. The book was just too pink. Like, literally. <laughs> I read them so you don't have to. Yeah. I was like, this is too, like, it's like radioactive pink. I can't get with it. So, you know, you're just like, nah, you know, they, where are the places where it's like a girl that looks like me that's weird that, like, is also the book starts where, like, they're in the library and they can't get, you know, that's how the never ending story starts. Like, he ain't got no friends. He was going to the bookstore because he doesn't know what I want to talk to him. And then he, like, gets transported to a magical land. And at the end, he gets to, like, defeat his bullies with his luck dragon. It's dope. <laughs> oh, for real. Yeah. It's one of my faves. Love that. Love that. Love some libraries. Love for libraries. Yes. Take time. Plug any projects you've got coming up or social media you want people to follow you at. Yes. Please follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Dusky Projects. And that's kind of where you can find everything that we're doing. Right now, the main thing is finishing out our second season of Black Women Are Scary, which is the podcast that Dusky Projects produces, producing horror short stories by BIPOC authors. And we're gearing up for our second season. So, you know, we've got a fiscal sponsor. It's tax deductible donations. We need everything we can to make this second season nice. happen and to keep like supporting these BIPOC authors and all of the work uh, in sound and voiceover that also is mostly comprised of Black black femmes making this. So both in front and behind the camera, if you will, or in front and behind the mic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, please check it out. You know, we're everywhere you listen to a podcast and to donate is also everywhere you listen to a podcast. Like we, put that, we put that link right there, like, please contribute. You know, we got fun gifts and things. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is really just thinking about getting all the ducks in order so we can launch third season this fall. Love it. Love it. Into yes. It. Make sure you go support them. It's, it's an awesome, awesome thing. Cool. All right. Are you ready to get yeah. into this movie? All right. Well, let's get into I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. What is one of my first thoughts? I, I remember I had like a noodle, a little notebook. So my first thought was that all clubs look like the bronze. 
and have the same crappy music. Like opening up, I was like, this is the exact same architecture of the bronze and the exact same kind of music that I don't like. What is what is going on in the 90s where every club on TV looks like this? <laughs> this music. Yes. And like it's full of like kind of like teenager. I'm like, what is this teenage club that you can go to that feels like you can get drinks, but you can't? I mean, I guess they're college students, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, I don't remember being allowed to get into these places. <laughs> because, because of all these clubs and all these kids drinking in these clubs that were not 21, I thought California was a special place where underage people could just get drunk and go to clubs. You just thought it was like Europea in America or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I was like, it's different out there. It's lawless. I went to California. <laughs> no, yeah, I thought... Well. Right. When I went to my first club, I was very disappointed. I was like, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> yeah. I wanted the bang, it's, like the thump, thump, thump of music. And the <laughs> it's very misleading because the clubs have, first of all, they have two floors. So there's like a balcony situation. I'm sorry. You have to pay a lot of money to get into a club like that. You can't just walk in for free or on some no cover in a buy like level club with several areas. And then there's always like a lounge area. Have you noticed there's always like a place where people can sit down? I'm like, how many bars have you even been into where you where that exists? Right. Right? None. Right? It's not all Gossip Girl out here. I know. Um, <laughs> the Tipsy Tower never had that. Never. You were lucky if you found a seat and during the night at Tipsy Tower. Like, <laughs> you were like, I'm going to lean against this pool table and see if anybody notices. <laughs> they never have like a real like club experience where you, yeah, where you're just standing around where you can't hear each other <laughs> over the music. You can never get a drink. Right. It's just too crowded over there. Like, but nobody spills anything on anybody. I'm just like, y'all are living in some special place. Um, and it's all, and they're never in big towns. So I'm just like, how do you have this fancy ass club in your small podunk town? <laughs> right? Because that's my other thing is that I think that these are set in like a Carolina or something that reminds me of like the South ish, but not the South. No, these would be in like uh, New England because the first one. They're all about fishing and he's yeah, a fisherman. Wherever it is, the college campus is close enough for Freddie Pinch to drive there and have an argument with her outside of her apartment, but far enough away where he like can't like live there because the commute to the fisherman experience that he's having is too much. But he does work on a boat. So I'm like, so you're near water. She's right. in. And this is the club. <laughs> Okay, I'm happy about that up. I just want to know. I'm happy about that up because, like, Ray and her concerned me because he drove out here to get her. And so that implies that they had a plan for her to come home. But, like, this is also a year later and she's never been home. But she, like, this, I'll be ready by the time he comes to get me. And, oh, I'm not anymore. Or did he surprise her? What the fuck is this fight? Like, I don't understand. I watched it. I was honestly just thinking about the commute the entire time he was there and then he left because he was like, she was like, I just can't go there. And the way they were talking about it was like where she was was a very different reality because that other dude was like of the city, quote unquote, or of the mm -hmm. college town or what have you, or the college campus or the college experience, whatever it is. And he's kind of like a townie or something. Yeah. Or like a yokel of some kind. And I'm just like, <laughs> So how long did it take him to drive to where you are to have this like two minute conversation then just get in this cuff off? He just like walked off all mad and got it. And I'm like, is this a 30 minute drive? Is it a 40 minute drive? Do you have, is it a, 
what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Have they seen each other this year? They've been together because, like, where would he be staying if her roommate doesn't like him and she won't come back to the small town two minutes away? See, like, I don't think that they've been seeing each other. I think that because that whole conversation with her, with Julie and Ray, just made me be like, Ray, dude, like, let a girl heal. It's only been a year when, like, all her friends got butchered. <laughs> Also, why are you still there? Right. He said bills. And I was like, I know, but you could have bills elsewhere. Like right? <laughs> bills, bills will follow, follow. you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you could be gamefully employed somewhere else. I don't I'm not sure if I understand like your passion for fishing or what is it? <laughs> make it make sense. Make right. it make sense. But I will say, I know Trey's gonna disagree with me on this one, but I was glad that Ray took a back seat in this film. Like I He took a back seat in the first one too. What? Well, <laughs> But even more in this one, he's hardly ever in it. And I was just like, that's fine. I'm good with that. He, he's always the weakest link. Like, he was so absent in the first one, she thought he might be guilty of killing them. Like, because she was like, clearly, you're on the other team because you're not doing anything for us. And he was like, no. <laughs> I was fishing. I have to work. The fish. They take all my time. But uh, back to the relationship because, like, I'm still bothered. I'm, <laughs> so, like, let's let's say that like they have not been in the same space for a year yeah why is he made to propose because clearly that's not a healthy relationship if you don't see this person for a year red flags and if they haven't if they've been doing a long distance things for a year why why did he come up there so sure that she was gonna come i just i'm just like did you have a phone call prior to this and she said yes she doesn't seem like she knew you were gonna be there so again i'm just wondering about the distance it must be close enough for you to just drop by, which yeah. means that it doesn't, then I don't understand what the big deal is about her coming back because you just go over there and see her. Right. I, I was so confused. It felt like nobody thought about that. They were just like, these two got to fight um, so he can go away and then he can drive out to them, but like get hurt. And I'm like, okay, but also now you have that outline. Let's make it make sense. Let's, let's workshop it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. for lots of reasons. So many reasons. You can fight with people you're not even seeing. <laughs> like I fights on fights on fights could have been a thing. <laughs> but like we were like, this one, it's too soon, Ray. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, um, okay. What is yeah. for? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I think maybe like one more pass one one or two more passes at the script just to clarify that would have helped a little bit. I guess. Yeah. That. Like what was what their relationship status even was? Was it like was it the last time he came over? He spent the night. Like yeah. I don't know. I yeah, I feel like they're kind of like that off again, on again. But right now they're kind of off situation. Why you got a ring, man? That's what really bothers. That's what sends me. He's got an engagement ring, so True. it feels like that... they are on a different level than what we're seeing here. Because he rolls up and they fight and he drives off. And then he's like, I'm still going to propose anyways. Has he talked to her? Does he know she would want to get married? Because, like, she's in her second year of college. Maybe right. she don't. So right. many things. And she just yeah, went through a traumatic event. Proposal for the second year. Like, I was like, nobody was getting, I don't think people were getting married that young anymore. Like, that's like a, such a 1950s. I don't know. It just feels like antiquated. Like, nobody was doing that then. Yeah. It's, Especially when, like, I don't mean to be that person, but, like, we don't know what she's in school for, so we don't know, like, her ambitions and her goals. But Ray seems stuck at this fisherman situation, and I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like that should have been what the fight is about. Right? I was like, I'd have got that, that she went off to college, and he didn't, and that's the thing that divides them. That's over, like, distance. That's a good fight. Because even if it... 
And especially because, again, he's a fisherman. And I don't know what his goals and ambitions are outside of that. Like, maybe he really loves fish, but, like, there's aquariums and things he could be doing. <laughs> and so the fact that he's like, I'm good to stay here forever and handle these fish. I'm, <laughs> I feel like I, too, would be fighting with him. But, again, we don't know what this year was like for them because we don't talk about it. We just see them fighting him with an engagement ring. And I'm like, make it make sense. You're just throwing shit into this pot. And I'm supposed to be like, okay, it's a stew. And I'm like, no. Because Girl, that's a rock. Like because then later you're gonna have him get on a plane and then like hold the dude hostage to get his to get his boat and all these things and i'm like i don't know if i even believe the love was that strong y'all that's well, her at least <laughs> that's my other ray is doing all of this injured to come out here by himself knowing he is the weakest link <laughs> involved he's a white man in america he could easily call the police and be like hey my girlfriend's on an island and things are going wrong <laughs> And that would have been done. But he comes out here after people have been murdered and Brandy's been thrown through nine different windows. And he's like, I got a gun. I'm, and I'm just like, for whom? A gun that, that didn't work, but we'll get there. Ray stays useless. If not for Freddie Prince Jr. being cute, I wouldn't see the purpose in Ray. <laughs> I, I don't see I the purpose in Ray. I don't know why she needed to, I, I don't know what. I didn't see the first one. So I was like, maybe this has something to do with the first one. Where he like I mean, needs to be there. Mm -mm. He's in the first one, like he, he was, was cast in the first one. Yeah. Wow. He was. A, yeah. Li he did so little that literally she was like, "It must be you." Why did you recover from that? Like I thought you were killing us. Oh, psych. No. He does kind of right. save her in the first one. Okay. By accident. Kind of. By accident. <laughs> Ray is not good. Like, if he were a detective, he would be failing, just so we're all clear. <laughs> I would never want him to save me. If I knew the only person who could save me is Ray, I would go ahead and make peace with whatever I'm going to believe in. <laughs> it because is it's what not it is. Like, yeah. Or you would just be like, I really need to save myself. Which I feel like brings me to my second point, which is black uh, couple versus white couple. Because that's definitely what was going on in this movie. Like the minute they paired off, I was like, "It's a black couple versus the white couple," and it's like, who gets who gets to the end? <laughs> like, clearly, it's Survivor <laughs> Island. I'm like, <laughs> and like, you take. We are going to place our bets here, and just the difference between the dynamics between the two couples once they get oh, yeah. onto the in the abandoned off season hotel. Like, just all of that. The choices that Makai Fiber and <laughs> make versus Jennifer Love Hewitt and that dude. <laughs> I I I have so many thoughts on Mackay Pfeiffer and Brandy because like first off, why is Mackay Pfeiffer always trying to gaslight her and say that it's not happening when there are dead people all around him? He's like, that's not it. It's something else. How do we know it's not you? I'm like, because she was with you. Could you not do this? I need you to make sense because I'm rooting for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brandy paired her off with the serial killer who was obvious. Like even if we hadn't seen Scream Two, he's real suspect. I mean, okay. I have something to say about that because while the twist was so dumb, Will Benson, Ben's son, I was like, I almost get left. out of here, screenwriters, <laughs> get out of here with that bullshit. But at, when I watched it as a teenager, I did not see it coming. But he was like, it's not my blood, Julie. I was like, what? But then, but now I see it totally. Yeah. But I, as a kid, I did not see it at all. It got nah. me. Nah. <laughs> Sherry's the, the, the detective of the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm a ruiner. I'm just like, I don't trust him. And then he did it. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> And then I suspected him early on. And then I was actually like tracking his movements. Like I was like, well, he got there too fast. So I guess it wouldn't have been. But I was like, I was basically like, how is it not him? 
Yeah. He's there and he's the only one that's like unfamiliar. And since it wasn't her original OG boyfriend, he got hit by a car. Right? Like he is, I don't know, whatever. Something happened. <laughs> so like he's like in a hospital somewhere, like, I'm gonna come get you, girl. So I'm like, well, then this is the only other, you know, guy that fits the profile. And, and 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 in rewatches, there are lots of lots of things that I just did not pick up on, like the moment when he looks up in the wind because he knows because he grew up there. The backstory: he grew up on this hotel island or whatever. And the what's his name? The the older black man, the voodoo. He he does the voodoo. Yes, stuff. that's my my. I know I put that on there. Random voodoo, all knowing men. Yeah. <laughs> but he knows. <laughs> him it won't doesn't say anything i don't know but they have that moment where they're staring off and the, the old man's in the window and he's in the by the pool and they're like Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like right. <laughs> right i will yeah. say what i loved about the black couple was how simple makai pfeiffer's objective was he came on this vacation to have sex with his girlfriend in the bahamas and by gum He's going to do that. <laughs> what happens, no matter how weird it is, no matter how unromantic and creepy, how many dead bodies coming out to be, we are gonna do it because I'm gonna get my money's worth out of this damn vacation. <laughs> no, like one of his lines after like things are like way off the rails is he's like, "We got all these dead bodies, and I'm not getting laid or something like yeah. that." I'm like, good sir. I'm like, how are you horny? Right. <laughs> he I knew what he wanted. This. Also, there's like so many murdered black people around you, and that's not affecting you at all, my dear. <laughs> you can't you can't claim that he was ambiguous, okay? He was very clear what he wanted. <laughs> I also hate his death because his death makes no sense. I don't know if they could have been in there. Like, did he come out like, of the ceiling? I didn't really understand. How did they not see him? Because they're all talking to him and they don't go, hey, there's somebody behind you. All of a sudden he just appears and he's hooked. And I'm like, no. Are we doing supernatural things? No. And so I just, I need that death to make sense because it felt like, hey, we got to come another black person real quick. Makai, stand here. <laughs> it felt to me, it also felt kind of like a a homage to the first film when What's His Nuts gets raked over the ice. Yeah, that could have been cool it, if it was done right. Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't yeah. done very effectively. But that, I think that's what they were going for, at least. These felt like the laziest kills I'd seen in a hot minute. Uh, there was never any tension. There was never any stakes. There was never any surprise. Yeah. See, I I don't know. I I think this movie definitely ups ups on the kills. There are more kills. There's more gore. There's more blood than the first one. And I I don't know. I think there's a I think there's more stakes. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. You like liking things. We talked about this. <laughs> okay. I am the Paula Abdul of this podcast, but I do genuinely enjoy this film. Yes. I do want to talk a little bit just about like the white couple in this, yes. right? Yes. So like they like it. So first of all, they act like they're younger than they are. Like she's, she's like, I don't know. I don't want to like, I'll sleep on the floor. I'm like, no, you won't. You got on a plane to go to the Bahamas to do it. So to just take a, a, a page out of Makai Pfeiffer's book here. Listen, like y'all are there to bone. Stop, and you're adults. So like, I need for this to not be the thing that's like we're confused about. Like, listen, I a whole plane ride to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> My other thing is 
If Ray again has a ring and is ready to propose, then why does Carla and Julie feel like it's okay to be out here with this other dude, even though we're not really doing anything and we're not serious? Clearly, going back to relationship, what is the relationship? <laughs> That's yeah. what's haunting me. <laughs> Look. Yeah. Again, I wouldn't have bought it more if she was like, I'll do it to this dude because my other thing is on the rocks and I don't think he's going to propose. And I invited him out here because I thought that like that was just more, just more. But I just the question of like, what are we going to do? It's a co-ed slumber party. I'm like, you are in college. Like that is over. <laughs> like Days are done. Like that, you sailed past that with the opening scene of you fighting with your boyfriend. And it seemed like you guys were cohabitating or something. So like, I don't think that that's a conversation that you have and also just like why does he want to go because she wakes up in classroom screaming what is the appeal of that right yeah. why i was like he must be the killer that's the only motivation <laughs> that that was why because i was like right? why would you get on a plane because she woke up like because <gasps> I mean, right. she's also never really reciprocating his his advances like she's always like uh, no i don't know I'm trying to get over my trauma right now. I don't need you to like, like be super here right jumpy, now. Yeah. She's screaming. She seems really unstable. I would have. I wouldn't have gone. Like, had he not been the killer, I would have worried about his self-esteem. So I'm just like, you yeah. are out here for this girl who's not into you, and you're just like, oh, she's traumatized. I think I can make it work. And so <laughs> I don't. As a character, he would make no sense if he wasn't the killer. And so I'm happy that they didn't try and like do anything weird with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also feel like him and his dad, though, could have killed them in a cheaper, less convoluted way. Because, like, in my day, in the slashers, you just cut people in a house and you, like, go ahead and have it out. You don't arrange trips for them. with her. He could have put something in her drink right? ages ago. They wanted to go on a vacation. Listen, you they have wanted- to... They, they flew her and her friends out here, <laughs> which can't be cheap, because it's an island. Even in the off-season, it's an island. Yeah. Um, they got them rooms and then Sweet. they had to tell like, these other people who were involved on the island. And I'm like, this, why are you working harder and not smarter? Like <laughs> you killed eight other people when you could have just killed the two you wanted to kill. Can we talk a little bit about the killings? Uh, how everything happens with a hook. Is that easy? <laughs> Every single time he does it, it looks so easy. And I'm like, is it this easy to kill someone with a hook? It's a very sharp hook, I bet. <laughs> But also, I feel like with a hook, you have to get that point across. And you can't, you, you, because like you backhand somebody, there's like, ow, you hit me and you can fight. And so you have to be very precise. And I just think that we could have used different weapons. I mean, to be fair, and we'll get to this character in a little bit because I know we all have lots of thoughts on him, but uh, he does use garden shears on, on Jack Black. <laughs> He should have used him on Jack Black's hair because that was that was a choice. And I am over white man putting on dreads and being like, I'm yes. a cool stoner. Kill that yeah. trope. Yeah, I think this movie is why I'm not a Jack Black fan because that role is so offensive. And I love when they first meet him, Tyrell and Carla's reaction when Carla tells him to go take a bath. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I mean, the only reason I didn't mind the dreads is because I thought it was like a judgment on him as a, as a person. And and because yeah, and because the two ladies were like, I can't believe you have dreads, and they basically like gave him side eye. So I I was like, oh, so everybody understands that like that's disgusting, and he should definitely die in this movie. <laughs> Listen, he kept 
popping up out of the water and shit with that like bad wig on. And I was like, this is the real horror of the movie. Like nothing they're doing <laughs> is scary to this. It was like Jaws. Cause they would be out and just be out of the water like, hey. And I was like, stop. Joint already lit. And I'm like, how did you manage this in the pool? I'm like, sir, it's 9 a.m. and water is wet. How are you getting high under water <laughs> at 9 a.m.? <laughs> Maybe at 10, we could have talked about it. But nine, that's uh, too early. Right. And I just, I also just want the hair person to know, and I don't know how to get this to the hair person, that that wig was not okay. Like, it was not okay. That wig, it was just sadness and dryness on top of it being like a televised offensive situation on Jack Black's head that complimented yeah. nothing to no one. It, it was the real villain of the movie. Yeah, his whole character was, just, and then like when he calls Tyrell his brother, and I was like, Mm, no, it would have worked if it like had been baked into the whole uh, ecosystem of the film. Like, if it would just been more obvious that people understood that that was he was inappropriate and this was like part of like because I'm sure you have those kind of people on on resorts, and so I'm like, is he? Are they commenting on that? But it wasn't like aware enough, or yeah. we're not doing like a smart movie right now. So then it was like, what are you? Why did you even? He's the worst drug dealer ever. <laughs> it was also that. It was just the fact that he like wasn't even good at his job. And so I was like, I don't understand why he's here. Is it just because you want me to understand that people sell drugs at resorts? Like, I don't... Because he just walked up to them and was like, do you want some drugs? Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> he honestly kind of felt like, you know, in those movies, especially like kid movies, there's always that like bumbling fool that's also kind of the bully. That's what he felt like. Like he's kind of just an idiot, but trying to be cool. Like what's his name? McFly, your shoes untied. That guy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like trying to be. He went some drugs. Hey, my brother. Like what? No, go away. Also, it's the off season. So wouldn't during the off season the drug dealer leave the island too? Because he would be yeah, like, Yeah, what is he doing there? Right? Because he's, he's only stuck yeah. around for four people. And I'm like, what are your numbers if four people got you excited enough to stay in the off season? It, it seems like he has a job on the like in the resort. He lives there, right? He had like yeah. a dorm or, or like a, a, a hut or something. So I'm like, besides selling people drugs, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Right. I you thought maybe he was like the gardener. Because he has garden shears in his house thing. But then I was like, well, wouldn't the gardener take the off season off anyway? Because, like, you're not going to be gardening during a hurricane. Like, no. <laughs> I've never been in a hurricane, so I don't know. Maybe you do, but I don't think Maintenance? So. Is it, was it like to, to clean, keep the place clean? I, had, I don't know. No, because they, they have a maid that because she, she's the one that gets killed. She she's the black woman. Yeah. 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 And then they've got. <laughs> We have a whole island, and the only black people on it um, are cleaning and groundskeepers. Yeah. 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 Uh, (laughs) But I thought that they were just, like, trying to be like, yep, because that's what resorts are, and that's what you're paying for. (laughs) And I was like, are you trying to make a point with this honesty? (laughs) I think it was accidental, because I don't think this movie is aware enough of anything to make a commentary on anything. Oh, they couldn't even keep the relationship straight. That's so like, yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I was going to go to my last point, which is how how like all of this really hinges on the fact that nobody knows what the capital of Brazil is. I they gave that so much importance at the end, like the whole thing where Jennifer Brasilia, like it's not Rio. Too bad (laughs) you lose, and I was like, "Bitch, you can't look something up." Listen, oh my god, you deserve to die. the fact that all of them were fine with this and nobody said, should I read? Could I read? And they, they made it here and nobody until I was in the movie was like, it's not the capital. And I'm like, y'all are in college. I need y'all to pretend that y'all are competent and smart. Cause you can't, this is such an America problem. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh yeah. no shit. Um, um, is it- I mean, to be fair, I probably would not have known the capital of Brazil if I hadn't watched this movie. Honestly, I don't know that I would have known that. Well, when it came up, I was like, I want to say Rio, but it's not. I know that's not it. And then when they were like Rio, I was like, oh, I don't think that's right. But I kind of like let it go. And so when it it came back around, I'm like, oh, my God, it's relying on that kind of like selfish, self-centeredness that American has. Mm-hmm. Americans have, which I'm like, this is actually kind of brilliant. If you had just like known anything or bothered to like have an inkling and look it up, you would have been like, how did we win this thing when this isn't the capital? This whole thing would have been null and void. So I like that. But then they were so serious about it that I was like, you just looked on like a coffee thing and you were like, real. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how they, that's what She just looked on the back of her coffee. <laughs> also, also, the radio station called her. And I, I know it's been a minute since I've had a landline. I listened to the radio, but they didn't do that back in the day. You had to call them. Yeah, right? You had to be like the 100th caller or something? Yeah. They didn't randomly call people to be like, hey, you want a trip? (laughs) But I will tell you, people will believe anything. I mean, like, I've had people be like, oh, I got this letter in the mail that says I'm getting $5,000 from some, I don't know. And I'm like, you you really really think that you're getting this money? Okay. I mean, the next thing you know, their credit cards have been hacked. And I'm just like, "And and you see... So people believe shit like that. I mean, I don't know why, but they do. But to make your leading lady be that one, that person feels d- dangerous. She's not a good final girl. Like I have mm-hmm. thoughts, but I'm gonna hold on because that's my <laughs> that's my hot take when we get to that. I'll I'll save the rest of that because that is my thesis for this whole two movies I... that she's in. <laughs> and as we as I said last episode, which you weren't on Desby, but I love Julie James. So, I don't know. Maybe it's the alliteration of her name you love, and you're trying to like build from there. <laughs> no, I, I and I have a note. I think, and I, again, you don't have to get into this because I know it's part of your hot take. But like, I think she comes into her own in this film. Like, as soon as shit starts happening, she knows what's happening. No one will listen to her. She's like, I've got to get the, I've got to get the fuck off this island. I've got to. Point blank in the period. Mm. And. I was- I was just, I was really annoyed with her because like, I feel like she's still trying to be the victim. And also she spent so much time trying to get her arms seen again. And I was like, can we stop with the fucking arms, Julie? Cause every time, no, you don't know Mackay Fiber's character. No, there was a boat here. And like, put your arms down and do something, girl. Like, and I just, I, she drives, again, I am not the biggest Jennifer Love Hewitt fan, but I feel like they don't give her a lot to work with with this character. And so that's not even her fault. I just think that choices have been made but that is a hot take. So I, I will say the rest of this rant for then. Yes, yeah. I, I will say the, my three favorite characters in this whole film are the three women. I love Julie, I love Carla, and I love Jennifer Esposito's character, Nancy, the bartender, who does not get enough love in this film because mm. 
she is hysterical with all of her side eye and her making them very strong drinks. I was like, you and me, girl, we would be friends. I would be friends with Nancy. She does kind of come off as like the only real person because the front manager was also just weird. He seemed like a serial killer. And I was like, I don't understand what you're doing. And I don't understand why you're like opening hostility. Like, what are you mad about? The man, then there was like the the random voodoo guy where I'm just like, why you're gonna thrust a magical Negro into this? We don't need him. We deal cops deserve better. I just was like, I don't even need him to, to, to do any of it, any of this. And I that was then you have the black maid who says nothing. So everyone else is kind of like 2D, and she's the only one who seems like someone, including Jack Black. She's the only one who seems like a real person who just has a job and is in the off season of her job. Yeah, that's when true. When she's there, she's just like, yeah, Taurus. Yeah. <laughs> like you're kind of obnoxious, but this is what I do for a living. Here's some strong drinks. Get the fuck out of it. You want some karaoke? Like she really feels like somebody who lives in a place that has to rely on tourism as an economy and the way that like people probably talk to you all the time. Like I got all of that just from her like whole three lines. <laughs> like Jennifer Esposito was like giving me everything in between. I was like, you better make this small role. Uh-huh. I loved her. <laughs> Good for you. And you really seem like those people that I've met, you know, like mm-hmm. some places that I've gone where they're like, you fucking people come in here and you're obnoxious and I you you ruin the country and but here's a ah, you know smiling like fake <laughs> for you you know like it, she I don't know I felt like she really kind of like had that like behind the curtain like this is what the show what it looks like after like mm-hmm. Vegas tur- is turns off you know right, right I wanted her to keep trying to be on her own independently because I was working for her but yeah. instead she got re- suckered into the hole we're a group now because we found you and ruined your hiding place oh my god I feel like if she separated from them she'd have been fine yeah. she'd be alive yeah one of my other complaints <laughs> is Jennifer Hewitt's um song how do I deal with shoehorn Dan for no reason because it's like, what do you do about Ray? And then her song kicks on and Ray's walking down to the fisherman's whatever to go do the work and I was like who does for? Do you not understand? I didn't that was her song. Yeah, yeah her. which is why it was there because it makes no sense in the movie. It's not a great song. They're just like she's here, and we want to use her more music, and we don't care where. I forgot that she tried to sing for a while. She really did. She started as a singer actually before oh. she went into acting as a kid. Yeah, and she she got like a record deal around the same time as like Britney and Christina, and so there was so the the the. It was so populated with what she was doing, young girl pop music, that she mm. never could get a, a hold on that. I love her music. I love Jennifer Love Hewitt. So this is her only song I know, and I I can see why it didn't rise to the top with everybody else that was around in that era. She has three albums. <laughs> two two albums. Two albums. I thought it was just a one. Damn. No, there's two. This is like one really is- interesting. I feel like I'm I'm more curious about her as a musician now than as. Yeah, she has. She had one come out when she was like 16, 17, and then she had another one come out when she was like early 20s-ish, in the early aughts, so. Yeah. I just, that that needle drop just, it makes me so angry, because like, it's one thing if you have a musician, and that musician has a song that fits, or you could do something with it, but it's another thing to be like, she's here, so we have to use something because she's here. That feels weird to me. <laughs> I hate it when people do that. Like if she if she was in a band and they had a song and it like really had a moment or something and I was like okay I can see that 
But just to be like, how do I deal with you? I'm like, what is this? Who is this for? What? Yeah, I, <laughs> it could also be for the producers who didn't want to pay licensing for some other song. I don't know what's on her album, but something had to be better than this. Mm. So I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> I like the song. It didn't bother me. Again, you are I didn't notice level. it. I didn't know it was her. It, it sticks out because I was like, why is this happening? Because we are trying to make believe that this is going to be a real horror movie this time. And then you have this song that's like, no, it's not. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so we're not going to try. Why am I trying? One of the other things that annoys me. <laughs> you made this movie. <laughs> I did. I did. It, it might be why I have a headache today because this movie was just like making me so mad. But <laughs> one of the other things that like, really got to me is that like, this is the second time in a row where the sidekick character upstage is Julie James. And so I was more invested in what Brandy was doing. And Brandy was a stronger character to me than Julie James, who was still trying to be the victim for two movies now. Again, I feel like this is leaning into my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, I will come back for that because that is a rant. I, I, I concur and I have like theories about that. Mm, I have many theories about that because yeah. we just did not let Black people lead things. Uh, we still don't most days. And so I, I get why it couldn't be. But I just feel like if they'd given Julie James half the care that they gave her sidekick characters, maybe I would be invested in her. Also, why was Brandy's chasing so long and funny? It it does kind of border on another, almost like moving the film into another genre. Mm -hmm. And so I noticed that too. It's funny because it just feels it's not in keeping with like a slasher movie in that moment. Like once they once her chase scene is on, like all of a sudden she's like Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Right? And I'm like, oh, this is an action. Like now you've made it an action film by doing this. She's doing all these stunts. She's doing the most stunts. She's doing more stunts than Jennifer Love. You like that's the part where I was like, I was confused about why she got that sequence and not the person that I think is supposed to be the final girl. Listen, listen. I, mean, I was happy because I was like, I like black girls. I like watching black girls do things. Mm -hmm. But I was also like, wait, what? <laughs> See, I thought I liked the chase scene because. It, it was different. It was something, and it, and again, it starts with Jennifer Esposito, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Brandy all running from the fisherman, and then yeah. they get separated because Brandy falls through the the window that's randomly over her bed that she's never noticed before. That was a weird plot. I thought it was what? like a, what is it, the two way or so, or like maybe under under there it looks like a mirror, but like when you get up top, it's actually you can like a cop. Oh, in a chair. Well, yeah, I thought it was a spy on her. Yeah, or to spy on people in the rooms, and that's why they were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Yep. Well, anyway, she falls through that, and that's when they get separated. I don't know. I I thought it was a really cool chase scene. Wasn't because in the first one you had the Helen chase scene, which is one of the more iconic chase scenes that people talk about, and I think they were trying to replicate it. I don't think it was as effective for me, mm -hmm. but I I don't know. I enjoyed the chase scene. I thought it was kind of it was cool. It it definitely. It pulled me out of whatever this movie thought it was doing because, again, like you were saying, it, it's kind of, it's just, it's funny. And it's not, because, like, the first one, when that chase scene happens, that's when I actually pay attention to the movie because I'm just, like, coasting and I'm like, ah, I kind of want to play Wordle. I don't know. And then that chase scene starts and I'm like, oh, we got stakes. We got fight. 
I mean, of course, it ends the way it ends. But this one, I'm coasting. I'm like, oh, ha, 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 ha. And I look down at my phone again. Um, and I'm like, oh, she's throwing her through her window. And it's just like, how many windows can we put her through? How many tables can we break? And I feel like there were ways, if you wanted this to be equal to that chasing, to give this tension and to give this drama and make it interesting, as opposed to, this is just really funny. Like, yeah. what else are we going to go through? And I do. I think uh, y'all brought this up earlier. I do think it's interesting that in both of these films, I don't know why that the filmmakers gave like the big chase scene, the big climactic chase scenes to not the lead character, which it is, is really a, strange. A like you're watching, you're watching her for a long time, and it was like, and then it started to feel like an action movie to me, just like the sequence of events. It was laid yeah. out, and I was like, this is kind of not you the usual thing with with slashers like I signed up for you know you said this was yeah. a slasher and you've kind of been operating in this way with the hook and the blood and so yeah. I don't know if this should be going on for this long and I don't and if it is it should be your final girl like if you're thinking about Halloween it's like it's, well, it's gotta be <laughs> yeah you know so so where yeah. is Julie what's the face <laughs> and, I, and I will say that in Helen's chase scene it did feel more like a classic slasher chase scene because she's not falling through windows or like having all these big stunts, she's just yeah. literally running. Uh, right. I think she does fall, she climbs through a window, but like that's kind of uh, in, in the slasher canon. But yeah, this one did kind of border into the action-y, stunt double-y, because you know Brandy didn't fall through that that ceiling. The person that rolled for her was so much taller than Randy. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that I think that that is possibly subconsciously the writers nodding to the person who should be the final girl because they know they've underdeveloped Julie James on some level, but they don't want to address that. So they're just like, oh, we're having fun with this character. Let's get this character a chase now. And it's like, oh yeah, we gotta go back to Julie. <laughs> so that felt like it made her so like figure out how to love her though because she should be at the center. Listen, it's, it's true. They kind of did her wrong in this, right? If your thesis is Julie James is your final girl, make her your final girl. Don't tell me I'm supposed to just like settle because you said she's the final girl. Because again, I'm not even a general Hewitt fan, but I feel like had they given her stuff to actually do, I would be less salty. Yeah. Well, let's go to the hot takes. <laughs> Since we've been hinting at it this whole time. Yeah, this whole time. Like <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because of this issue, which is, is Brandy the protagonist? is my like question because she makes it to the end. Like that's the thing that really blew my mind when she comes out of that and she's alive mm -hmm. and then, you know, the end, the end. I mean, I don't yeah. like, I don't like Julie because I'm like all these people died because you want to get away with murder. So I actually think like you might be the antagonist yep. in terms of just like the morality rules of like how yeah. this, how this time, like we're not talking about a time when slashes were coming out with like complicated anti-heroes. So I'm like, you're not a hero. You're not doing, you're not ticking the boxes. And then at the end of this movie, you don't even live. So the only person left standing really at the end is Brandy. And so I'm like, so that's the final girl. And that's why this whole thing, she does all the things that a final girl should do. Like she has, she ticks all the boxes. And yeah, so it, it is super confusing to me. I'm like, wait a minute. Did you accidentally, did you unintentionally make a movie with a black female lead? 
I think so. I think so. I think that they were like, because after after Brandy goes through the last window or ceiling or whatever the hell, and she's under all the yeah. doors, I'm just like, yeah. she's dead because she's black. Okay, she's gonna die. And also the, 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 the math, right? It's like, right? okay, so it's like we have, we've got three and you're like, Brandy's the black girl. She just fell twice through things. She's laying on the floor with like glass on her titties. Like mm -hmm. she's going to die. The guy comes in through the greenhouse. She's not going to make it. And it's going to be down to the last two white girls. And then it's going to just be down to our one, right? Mm -hmm. And then that doesn't happen. <laughs> right? And I, I'm like, if, if you know that you want her to be your final girl, just make her your final girl. And as opposed to playing these mind games and giving us Julie James again, who still hasn't earned it because she's still trying to play the victim guard. And like, even at the end, when she finally does pick up the gun and she finally does do something, it's it's not written well. <laughs> and so it's not the moment they want it to be because we've seen, we have seen final girls go on later to confront their killers, Laurie Strode, Sydney Prescott, forever and ever, I'm in. Um, and so like, we've seen it where it's done right and it has that impact you wanted to have. And this felt like she's been a victim for like three hours altogether maybe now. So we should let her do something, but let's not like give it care and attention. I disagree of course, but <laughs> I don't want to listen to it. Cause like, I get a lot under the complaints and I do think she could have been handled better and she could have been given more to do because she's not given and that's not Jennifer Love Hewitt's fault that's the writer's yeah, fault yeah. um and I will say I this time I because I knew Brandy was going to live I mm -hmm. watched for like what is the first last time that we see Carla like what is that and she falls through again <laughs> she yeah. falls through like a bookcase a glass bookcase thing window bookcase and then it just cuts and the, and the killer standing over her. So you assume, yeah. So you absolutely assume that the killer just killed her, and they just didn't want to show it to us. And but and I do want to mention because I, I think it is interesting what you brought up about her, Julie James possibly being the antagonist because she's not, she's trying to get away with murder. And I think yeah. that I I think this might be the reason I like her is because it's so complicated. Because if you go back to the first film, mm. she didn't want to do that. She was the only one that was like, no, we need to call the cops. Like, we need to hold up to this. We did this. We're doing this. And everyone else was like, no. Even Ray was like, no, we need to do, we're not doing that. And she was finally had to give in and be like, okay, fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to give in. She had choices. I mean, what was she supposed to do? I don't know. But what I love about what you're saying, because I didn't watch the first one, but now that you give me that little backstory, it's like, again, it was such a golden opportunity to talk about like white victimhood and accountability, which yes. I felt was like running throughout this. And I do think that one of the characters somewhere in the middle of this or towards the end said like, this happened because you like someone called it out briefly. I don't remember who it was. Uh, uh, Terrell, the uh, Makai Pfeiffer's character. I think he's the yeah. one. Yeah, like someone says it point blank. And I'm like, this is such a great, like you're saying, like she could have been a really complicated and interesting character to place in the center of a slasher if they had just like leaned into everything that we're talking about instead of trying to be like, I think it's the half measures that make it, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what to feel because I feel like they didn't. I wonder how much of that is as producers too. Because a lot of times when you see that, it's producers coming in saying, well, no, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. I don't know. Maybe marketing I, something. 
I wonder, and I love Kevin Williamson, even though I don't like this first movie, which he was responsible for. Um, I don't like this one either. I love him, but I wonder what this franchise could have been had a black woman written it so we could have that conversation about white women playing the victim when we're also guilty. Because again, like you just said, what was she supposed to do? Trent, if I murder somebody and you're there and I'm like, don't tell anybody, what you gonna do, Trent? That's fair. Yeah, um, I mean, and so that's the conversation this movie should have been having, but it wasn't. It was just like, oh no, she's a victim forever. Ooh. And and how how much like more would you have liked that opening fight between her and her boyfriend if it was really about that? Yes, it was about the fact that Ray sort of gaslit her or what that her peers pressured her to kind to not do the right thing, and now and she let it happen, and that's why she doesn't want to come back. Yeah. She doesn't want to see you because that it reminds be. her of that time she failed. Yeah, she doesn't deserve a happy ending, and neither does he, because at the end of the day, they murdered somebody and tried to get away with it. And so <laughs> it's yeah. just that Shonda wasn't making anything, but like this is actually how we're watch we've watched a show, How to Get Away with Murder, and they do talk about this. And so like we know that this can happen and be entertaining. Right. And it's like, where was Shonda? <laughs> get Shonda on the line. Let's reboot this. We're rebooting everything else. Let's do it. Yeah, but you're right. Like there is so much opportunity for her to be an interesting to center an antagonist would have been interesting. Yeah. And like to, to we could like do the same thing, but just like let's do it intentionally. Let's be intentional about what it is that we're doing so that if Brandy or if that Carla is the final girl that like it would kind of be like a bait and switch and mm -hmm. that could be really satisfying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it would, yeah, that's true. It would have been a really interesting, even though I do like Julie as a character, I think that it would have been an interesting moment, let's say at the end of this film, that Julie succumbs to her the, her guilt and Ray, because he needs to as well. And it, it, that, that leaves Carla to be the one still standing. And I think that yeah. would have been an interesting way to end yeah. this movie. Be because this is two movies and they still haven't owned what they've done. And I think that is spicy, especially because like maybe this would stop happening if they would just go to the authorities and be like, we did this shit and it spawned this shit. And perhaps- The killer well, says, the killer says, like, you know that this is why they're after you. So I'm conflicted as I'm watching this because these guys have killed all these people and that's clearly- they're clearly nuts, right. but at the same time, they're motivated by, I'm like, from their perspective, this film is a revenge movie. This is Kill Bill and you're Bill. Like, <laughs> I'm like, you murdered him. You threw him in the thing. Like, I was just like, when they just, when she's on that pier and she describes the murder, because again, I didn't see the first one. So she describes what she did. I was like, wait, that's what you did, and that's why they're after you. And, well, and to be fair, too, that's something else that complicates this. So again, it could have been something really interesting. Before, so in the first movie, you find out that Ben Willis, before they hit him with the car and threw him in the lake, he killed somebody. He oh, killed so he's like a killer. Yeah, he's already a killer. He killed he, mom. Did he? Kill no, him? he killed a dude that was dating his daughter and got her killed in the car accident. And he killed him. Interesting. This movie, this franchise could be so much about guilt and grief if it was handled correctly. Because yeah. Ben Willis killed the guy he held responsible for his daughter's death. And then on his way home, they hit him and throw him into the river or whatever the, the fishery water is. And he's like, I'm going to get back at y'all asses because you're trying to kill me. 
<laughs> and they are like, oh, oh no, no, we are, we are, we don't deserve to die. We didn't do anything wrong. We were just going to college. Oh no. And I'm like, no, you are also, it's a tower of people who didn't need to be in jail. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's how to, it's, it's the series, how to get away with it is that it's just, yeah. they just keep getting away with more. And I'll, I'm, I'm so curious about his son. Like that was another thing that I felt was like really untapped. Yeah. Like, how did he rope his son into it? And also like, and like, what is this family dynamic where they're, they're on this, like, I guess for them, this is justice. Yes, I'm, I just, I'm curious. Like we don't care about the son in the first movie. And mm -hmm. so it feels like they made him up for this, but also let's pretend that that's not the case. Where was the son at when the dad was murdering the boyfriend? Was he not helping him? Um, if he wasn't helping him, how does he pitch this after he fakes his own death, after they fake it, after they try to kill him? <laughs> and he comes back to his son and be like, I'm alive. And also I have enemies now. Let's ride to this college. How does that conversation go? I have questions. Yeah. Like most late 90s slashers, uh, yes. <laughs> they want to know what they did last summer, but I want to know what they did with the script. And we are yeah. having different conversations. How to get away with what you did last summer. How to get <laughs> yeah. But Trent, I do think like you being like, this is an interesting final girl is, is spot on. Like she is interesting. I just, I wish they had like let her be interesting. And I do wonder what stopped them besides like, like what you're saying, was it a producer thing? Was it like, people aren't ready for that? Or, you know, is it just kind of like gender bias? Like we can't have complicated female characters. Yeah. Well, cause I, and I know in the first, I don't know, I know more about the making of the first movie than I know about the making of this movie, but in the making of the first movie, they really pushed that direct, the, the director wanted to go in a more interesting, more complex horror film slasher horror film kind of way yeah. but the producers were like no you have to give us a, a slasher like you have to have death you have to have people i mean he was gonna have people die but like you've got to have someone die in the first 30 minutes you have to have someone yeah. there has to be blood there has to be all the stuff that the, i don't think the director necessarily wanted to do so i'm curious how much how many hands from outside people had a whole deal this whole franchise i would love to see the producer notes because if it's just like adding more death and blood you can do that and still keep it interesting i think that oh, we're totally. giving totally. too much credit to these producers if that's all we know i'm gonna do some research that's how that's how mad i am about this franchise <laughs> uh, i'm just doing research for we record the last one next week because i need names i need accountability i need everything julie james and ray are not trying to get um <laughs> yeah i do wonder I do. I mean, and producers do have a lot of, I mean, if you're funding it, you know, if, it's, if the EP is like, I want this. You got to give it to them. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I, I wonder if it, I forget like when it came out, but like what else was coming out, what was working. And so what, what were, this what was everybody under the, under like pressure to, to provide. Yeah. This was 98. And the first one was 96. I want to say 97. Are these PG thirteen? Is that part of the problem I'm having with? No, them? they're rated R. They're rated oh. R. And then, and if, <laughs> if it's ninety six and ninety eight, then Buffy is already like on and doing, mm -hmm. doing some interesting stuff at this mm -hmm. point. So you could have yeah. gotten away with this. You could have gotten away with making her complex. Yeah. This this felt like they saw the landscape and instead of them going with like the Buffy route, they were going with one of the Fox knockoff routes where they were like, she's a bad angel. 
looking to get. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it felt like. It was like Buffy light or like the pop version. Cause like Buffy was definitely doing like the alternative weird shit. And everybody else was like, "Mm, let's do this first version of Charmed. And I'm like, I don't want this. I want, I want that over there. Why can't we have that over there? (laughs) Yeah. It does feel a lot like a lot of missed opportunities. I would have just loved like, that scene, just that scene where she tells them what it's going on finally after they after they believe her and see all the dead bodies. And I just wanted everybody on that pier to respond like how a person would if they told you, this is what I did. And then he came after and then because all these people died and all these things. Like, I just wanted that to be like a dramatic moment <laughs> of like, you did what? And just like some like walking dead style like maybe we should just give her up and then we'll live and we can get off the island if we just give give the guy julie <laughs> like the, the, then it would have been would, right and then it would have been really interesting to after that to have a scene where they find out that ben willis is also just kind of a killer too like, yeah, so like kind he of, deserves to die. i just i don't know there was just so many things i was like wait y'all but what do you, how do you feel we're not gonna talk about how we feel just like <laughs> It, it could have it could have helped so much. I, I haven't even said my hot take yet. But. Oh yeah, wait, so, sorry. so I, I no, you're good. It's, this has been a great conversation. I I do believe that the first movie is a better film. Like it's better made, it's better written, it's better, you know, performed. Yeah. But I enjoy this film a little more. I think it's a f- more fun roller coaster of a ride for me than the first one. But I I have, I enjoy both of them, and also that's also sentimental for me because I. I just grew up on these films. Yeah. Is it about like when, like where you were in life when you watched this movie? Oh, for, for these two? Yes, I think so. A little bit. And then I, yeah. And I do think that I'm seeing a lot more of the potential. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. why I, I'm liking it because I read into things and like, you know, you had that conversation with Julie and Bra- and Carla after Julie tells her what happened. And Carla's like, you didn't tell me. You kept this from me. You lied to me. So it's such a wonderful, you it's know. so rife. Like, I'm like, that could have been like two more minutes of something. Yeah. You lied to me and now all these people die. And then further complicated by her being black. Like you lied to me and all these black people died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Your lie. And I thought you were my friend and so many things. Yeah. So many things. I I actually don't know if the first one's better. Cause I was like, I think I agree with you, but I'm not sure. Cause both of these are just kind of like, why am I here? And I love Kevin Wilson again. Like I, I did all of the scream. I, I did all of the Dawson's Creek. Cause I had a crush on Pacey. It's a long thing. Yeah. It was Pacey's Creek. It, right. Right. And I was like. Another episode, but it was Pacey's Creek. Right. I was like, if Pacey leaves, I can quit. And he's like, this is a job. <laughs> I'm going to stay. <laughs> And I was like, okay, Josh Jackson. Um, but like, I, I, I am very familiar with the Kevin Williamson work. I, I appreciate it for what it was when I needed it. If I don't mm-hmm. still love it today, and I, I just think that maybe perhaps this was the one where he was like, I can't win all the fights. <laughs> he just gave us this movie, the first movie. I don't know if he did this one actually. I don't think he did. He didn't do this one though. He, he wasn't involved. So I, I want to say the first one is better, but I, I couldn't swear to that under oath. I really don't. Uh, wow. And I wonder about the, where the books fit into this because I remember the first one. I remember the. I kind of remember the book, and I don't. Yeah, remember I remember the because I. Yeah, I, I talked about this last night, and I, the book is completely. I don't think anybody even dies in the book. Oh, no, no. 
Yeah, there's no none of the main. No, I think died. people die. It was that oh, kind was of thing. Lois killed people. Like we slept on her because people were like, Christopher Pike is spicier. Ariel Stein is on Fear Street. She was out there killing people. Like somebody was dying every book. Like TJ yeah. Mrs. Tingle, I I think that is her. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm, I is. have my collection in my room, but I'm not in my room, so I can't look up and double check myself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, Summer of Fear was also really you remember Summer of Fear? Like, yeah, no, people they were creepy, people died, and they were complex women at the center of them, like they were the, the protagonists of her books. So I remember really loving the book, and I don't think there was a second one, so maybe that's mm-hmm. why you feel like the first one might be because I think the first one you. had like an original text, and the second one they really just kind of had to like pull it out of thin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because this one feels like they're reaching for random shit. Like, it really does. It doesn't feel like there's any kind of, like, structure to follow. <laughs> it feels like they're just like, we're on an island and we'll figure it out. And I'm like, you, I need to see a blueprint. I need to see an outline. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. I do wonder why it was on an island and not just on the college campus, which is a fine place to have slasher. So many slashers quality on the college campuses. I wonder... Because this came, if, if it came out in 98, it came out in the same year as Scream 2. So I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Did that take place on a college campus? I don't know. We've had houses. We've had gymnasiums. You can kill somebody anywhere, according to the horror genre. They chose this island for reasons that are not clear after watching this movie two times. <laughs> um, they did this for whomst. Because yeah. again, if you are somebody who's pretending to be dead for the second time, <laughs> and you have your son helping you kill people, you don't want to go through the hassle of getting airplane tickets and reservations for people you're trying to murder. You want to just murder them and go about <laughs> being fake dead. You don't want to be drawing attention to yourself. What is happening? Yeah. My actual hot take. Um, <laughs> if not for Brandy, there'd be nothing here for me. Literally, I, I, I think that that is all I can say that's nice about this movie is Brandy was there. I like seeing Brandy be a final girl, even if it's not the way that she should have been. Um, it could have been. The unofficial final girl. Right? <laughs> Which I, I guess is kind of a correction to the first one, because Helen should have been the final girl from that one. Um, and Brandy should have been the final girl here. And she is, but we don't talk about it. <laughs> who, who, Helen, is is that Sarah Michelle Geller? Yeah, yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller. That's a what much better says. character. I, when she dies? Yeah. yeah. So Julie just keeps living, outliving these other. That's also interesting, right? Right. And and well, and because Helen is also one of the ones that's like, no, we have to do this. You know, she's one of the ones pressuring Julie in the in the first of the film. And like, do you you see like how exciting this is that like it kind of mirrors society in that the people that want to do the right thing and be held accountable are sacrificed, and the people that like are complicit get to live on like this could the whole thing could have just been an interesting like look into that into like bystanderness and like all these things yeah because literally julie was like i want to go to the cops and they're like no and she's like okay but i'll feel sad about it (laughs) i mean no now hold on there was a whole fight in a scene she got held up she got choked by did he choke her for a full year trent did he choke her for a full year no but i mean where was her voice she, she got choked where was her voice (laughs) <laughs> she got choked for standing up no. to him. No. Well, she got she, choked for standing up for him, and then I guess Helen died for trying. Right? Helen was his boyfriend. And her Helen was friend. the girlfriend, yeah. Like, everybody but Julie was like, let's get rid of this body. And Julie was like, I want to do the right thing, 
question mark? And then like the asshole in the group choked her and she was like, fine, I won't say anything. And so she went to college and got bangs and came back sad. <laughs> so we knew she felt guilty about it, but still didn't say anything a whole year later, said nothing. And now we're on year two. She still said nothing, but she's sad about it. And so therefore we're supposed to feel bad for her. Yeah. I mean, she, cause she does put up a fight to Barry and to, and that one to night. convince them. That one night, yes. That one night she said no. And then she said, okay, immediately. And never, like, again, Trent, uh, this is two years now. If if we were in a car, I, Trent, and we run over a body and I'm like, we're going to hide this shit, Trent. You ain't going to be like, okay. You're going to be like, no. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I, no, I get that. Like in, in the years yeah. to come after, after the effect. But I'm just saying in that moment when that, when that happened, she did put up a fight. Like you can't say that she. It just, was like, a weak ass fight, Trent. Again, I don't know. She got choked. I went and then she got choked. I mean, again, I just think it's like an interesting take on just like the way a community handles. I just, I really, I'm like, all of that sounds interesting if they had just been a little more intentional. Yeah, if they had just gone on ahead and let it be complicated. I feel like they had like a lot, and then they tried to make it simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, like, yeah, it's, and like when she gets choked, no one comes to her defense. Like, not her, even her, Ray does not come and try to help her. That's fascinating. That's such a great thing to fight about at the beginning of part two. Yes. No, because again, she's dating the person who let her get choked. But also, it's more fuel to snitch on all these bitches because she wasn't even driving. The next day, if I waited the next day, because I probably wouldn't even go to sleep, I'd be like, now that I'm at home, I'm calling the police because I am Julie James. I am a white woman in a small town. The police are on my side. I'm going to be like, hello, officers. I was in a car. My friends hit a person. We put him in the lake. Um, I'm not going to come back two years later with bangs and be like, I'm tormented. <laughs> Although trauma is interesting, so you come back to you two years later with bangs and you're tormented, and like, how does that manifest? Like again, just going back to Halloween, I'm just thinking of like we don't see it, we don't see it forever, and then the Halloween comes back, like not the Halloween kills, but the one before mm-hmm. in 2018, right? Yeah. That one. And it's like they act like all the ones in the middle didn't even happen. They're like, forget it. This is a sequel to the first one. That was so wonderful just to see how that series of events mm-hmm. resulted in this person. Mm-hmm. That was, I loved that movie so much Same. Same. for that reason, because they were like, if this happened to you at this particular age in your life, you would then, you know, logical consequences suggest that you would end up to be this kind of human being. Yes. And I would have loved to have seen that here. Cause again, it's like everything you're telling me about this first one, I'm like, Julie does sound really interesting. So, like, show me what happens two years later. Literally, because we end every movie with her living her best life and being like, oh, no, I don't know why somebody tried to kill me. And so she's not learned her lesson yet because she keeps doing it. And then she's like, oh, no, I have bangs and I'm sad. And then she tries to get killed again. And she's like, oh, okay, I'm going to live my best life. That's over again. (laughs) And I'm just like, Julie, girl, when do you look in the mirror and go, am I the drama? Like, (laughs) when? How do you not develop a drug habit or something from that? Like anything, anything, even just chain smoking. Like she's so boring. She's so boring. It makes me so angry. Or like if you're waking up screaming, are you taking anxiety? Are you having panic attacks? Are you like. She does almost stab Carla in the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Like they kind of, they started off here and then it, that whole, um, just that entire like way of thinking and behavior just really sort of disappears and it doesn't carry on. 
But I'm like, that would be interesting is she knows that she's guilty if like that's how this is one way that it manifests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was just I wanted I yeah, I was kind of like they didn't they did you wrong, girl. They could have given you some stuff here. Listen. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. All right. Well, that is our thoughts on <laughs> lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> As usual here on Fear Street. Thank you so much for joining us, Dusky Projects. Thank you. To- I'm yes. really into the your rooms here right now. Like you've got this uh lining at the top of your ceiling up there that's yeah, it's oh. old school wallpaper. I live I live with my grandmother, helped take care of her. So I'm Oh my god, her. is that an old timey phone behind you? Yeah. <gasps> Did it you know that? No. What? Look at that old timey phone. I'm looking at that phone. Years, I never noticed. <laughs> Let me zoom in. I have my glasses on today. <laughs> that phone is dope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have lots of old shit in this house. It's crazy. Why are you not giving us your street promos from that house? Look at that phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll work the, like the top line here too, and the curtains and everything. Like it's all mm-hmm. very on. Yeah, that yeah. all works. This house is almost as old as I am. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Dusky Project. Make sure everyone go follow them on Instagram and Twitter and give and support their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rate and review, y'all. Rate and review that Black Women Are Scary. Rate and review this right here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, please, this is how we please. get yeah. This is how yeah. we get people listening. And we're we're not like famous, so you know. <laughs> Rate and review. Rating re- reviewing um is so underrated because people are like yeah. I can't tip so I can't support. I'm like you can literally click some stars yeah. and you'll be doing a good service, good person. You're doing a lot, yes, right? a lot. or just it's, even if your review is just like I liked it. Like you don't have to write a whole <laughs> dissertation or like your inner thoughts about anything. No. <laughs> you can just yes. be like, fire emoji, fire emoji. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you everyone for listening. Next week. Okay. Next week we will be covering I Will Always Know What You Did Last Summer with Gigi Graham. I already apologize. It is what it is. I might be coming down with something. We'll see how I feel next Saturday. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear, or yes, to hear. I love that you're soldiering on, that you are not necessarily of two minds. Yes. You're not really meeting meeting in the middle here. <laughs> like you clearly have distinct opinions and then, and you don't even seem to be excited. <laughs> but you're like, we're going to do it because we said we would. I remember when I first time I watched this third one, I was so mad. Because again, I grew up with these first two and I loved them as a child. I still like, I still have, you know, I still love them. But like this third one, oh my God, just. And you're going to do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I respect the code, man. As a a kid, I saw the first one because I had a crush on Freddie Prince Jr. and Buffy was there. Um, And I was like, this is not for me. And so I skipped the second one and nobody told me Brandy was in it until I was an adult. And I was like, I would have actually watched it for Brandy, but whatever. I didn't know this third one existed until we started the podcast and Trent said the third one existed. And that was like less than two years ago. And I was like, they made a third? Um, I hope that it's like one of those movies where it can have like a cult following. Like it's so bad, it's good. I hope that that's what you're having. 
I, I don't remember being that way, but we'll see. I mean, <laughs> we will report back. Odds are somebody who listens to us is like, that's my jam. And I'm that one is for them. If you are listening to this episode beforehand, <laughs> the next episode is for you. You enjoy. <laughs> All two of you, maybe. <laughs> I don't think we got two. Like Our number's not that big. We got one. <laughs> Give us one. <laughs> we don't have two people in that. <laughs> right, um, yes. yes. But yeah. Know. That's going to conclude this month of mayhem that Trina's put together, <laughs> where we do all the. I summer. tell you, I will fully take responsibility for these first two. The third one. No, I'm I sorry. said, I said, since we started, if we do the first two, we have to do the third one. And you were like, I want to do the first two for May. I'm like, you know what that means? And here we are. <laughs> and I gotta watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Again, thank you so much, Dusky Projects. Thank you all for listening. And as always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye.